week's episode of the Wrestling with Fiction. I, I've completely forgotten what to talk about on this week's episode of the Wrestling with Fiction podcast. All, all of my thoughts, all of my training. Where, where is it gone? Six plus months of training, week after week, all gone down the drain. What do I do? What do I promise? What do I give to the people? Wait, maybe my answer isn't the people. Maybe it's all the listeners. Maybe it's all of the fictional friends I've made along the way. Maybe I have to ask them now. Fictional friends! Give me your energy! I will find somebody to cover on this week's episode of the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast! Oh! Oh, Shanna tweeted me! So do that. Oh well, well that was convenient. Thank God I never learned how to use key, right? I mean, I was just doing it for shits and giggles. So clearly, I shouldn't be. Wow, that's a, that's a spirit bomb. Holy! Shit, I got a spirit bomb. Uh, uh, what? What do I do with a spirit bomb? Uh, guys. Uh, I, you can have your energy back now! I, I, I don't need it anymore! I, uh, what do you do when you jump from the spirit bomb? Dragon Ball never taught me this! Dragon Ball never taught me this! On this week's episode of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, we'll be discussing It's your favorite athlete! It's my favorite athlete! It's Portugal's favorite athlete, Jana! One of my thoughts on her current time in AEW, should she get an AEW Women's title match, and where on earth will she go next? So for now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends, tell them all to listen to this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling With Fiction Ladies, gentlemen, and lady gentlemen, my fictional friends, Welcome back to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, the podcast where I pitch to you wrestling storylines from the good to the bad to the damn right insane. My name's Connor, and somehow I survived a spirit bomb. How? I guess... I don't know. Plot holes. Logic. Forget it, because we're talking about Shanna this week. One of the, in my personal opinion, one of the most Underrated wrestlers in all elite wrestling. Personally, for me, I think she should be used on television more. It's great to have her back. We've only had her back for about two months in all elite wrestling. So it's good that she's already kind of already got a match with Britt Baker. That already happened. So good for her. I I just hope that we get to see her more. Because in case you couldn't notice by the opening part of this skit, she has so much Dragon Ball energy. To her, alright? She comes out wearing Goku uniform. She came out during Dark this week in a Vegeta outfit. I want trunks, goddammit. So let's use the power of the Dragon Balls to pray that Shadow will wear a trunks themed outfit for next week's AEW Dark or Dynamite if she's featured at all. Because that's the question of this podcast. What would I do with Shanna? And Yes, it's gonna be multiple pitches, it's gonna be multiple storyline ideas, because I don't like to leave you with just one. But before we get to that, we need to talk about a very important thing, and it's, what do I plan to do with Shanna? And the only way I can really answer this is through our first segment, the tagline, which, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, the tagline is... 
basically my 30 word summary or less or roundabout way of pretty much giving you my overall plans for this character throughout all of my pitches. Think of it like a short summary that you would see on Netflix. That's kind of what I'm going for here. So I think I've raised my power level enough to give you all the information necessary to pitch storylines for Shanna. So without further ado, I need to ask myself, the man editing this podcast to cue the music, future me. Okay, so before I do most of these things, I always try and look back at the history that's available to me, particularly the AEW Women's Division. There isn't much, I'll admit that, but that's good. That means that we have a lot of potential because for me, the AEW Women's Division is one where there's a lot of moving pieces that just quite haven't found their footing. Shanna is no exception. From her basic backstory that we have of her and the way that she's portrayed on television, one word to me kind of summarizes it all. Underestimated. She, in various interviews, has went over how if she didn't get signed by AEW, she was going to hang up her boots. Not because of AEW, but we'll get onto that. So, one of the ways that I would define this summary is that she is a continually undervalued player, an underdog of sorts. Because that's what she's had to do. She had to fight a way to get into the company after spending so many years just trying to get a single shot at a major promotion. So, the way that I would define Shanna, particularly with the way that COVID has occurred and the way that her wrestling career has gone in All Elite Wrestling, it would be such and such. My tagline for Shanna this week is underestimated by her fans and peers. Portugal's greatest export returns from isolation to prove that she belongs on the world stage, living, thriving, and surviving. Because that's basically the core of Shanna's character. She is this person who's had to fight her way through so many odds. She tried to get into Impact. It didn't work. She went through so many years working on the independent scene, only to nearly give up at the last second before Kenny Omega gave her a call to where she would eventually have her first match unsigned to face Hikaru Shida and lose, but be able to eventually be signed to All Elite Wrestling. And for me, her story is one of her continually trying to prove herself in a division that is seemingly passing her by. So, without further ado, if you guys think you can do better than that, because trust me, I bet you could, tweet me at Connor the Cooper or message me at Wrestling With Fiction on Instagram and give me your taglines. But without further ado, I think it's time that we get onto my first pitch. And let me tell you, Shanna is gonna need more than just some educated feet to take on this competitor from the land of the rising sun. Hikaru Shida. And yes, I was gonna do the theme song, but I all I'd be doing is do 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 do. Well, I've done it anyway, so. Hikaru Shida, people! Yes, the AEW Women's Champion. We're, we're starting off hot here. We're, we're starting off quick with Hikaru Shida, who I think isn't given enough credit for her AEW World's title run. I know that the AEW Women's Division isn't as strong, but when you look at the landscape of AEW Women's Champions, she's, she's arguably the best one that we've had in terms of like a long reign, memorable moments, and I know that isn't saying much, but that is something. They really do treat Shida like a strong, credible threat. Which is exactly why it's significant for Shanna, because guess who brought her to the limit? And was one of the very few people to nearly beat Hikaru Shida. It was Shanna, very early on in her career in AEW, 
where she wasn't even signed and had a match against her and nearly won on live television. It's that match that got Shanna over. So, you know what that means? We're going to use that type of chemistry again. Because I don't know about you, but I want a round two. But how on earth would you get there? That is probably my favorite part of this and where it's going to lead to a whole other thing. So I'm going to give you the rundown of what I would kind of do with this. It's probably my most questionable idea because I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it at first. But then something really convinced me when I was watching an episode of Dark. And you'll know what I mean as we kind of go through this. So the way that I think you could build this feud is that you put them in tag team matches together as a team. Now, that might sound odd. And, you know, that what does sound odd. Because the AEW Women's Division, weirdly enough, doesn't have many tag matches. It's a lot of singles matches. Where they don't really publicly show the champion every single week. The reason I'm doing this over doing a straight match first. One, it's the fact that they don't really feature the champion enough to kind of make the belt seem incredibly significant. Two, Shanna has been pretty much exiled from the promotion due to COVID. Only really came back two months ago and has been on dark. You need to establish her in AEW Dynamite. Get people to start caring about her in the same way that we did before through her wrestling. And also, you give her a connection and bond with Hikaru Shida. Have them have matches against established tag teams in this division, like uh, Diamante and Ivelisse, who still have those weird medals. Uh, you put them against Tainara Conti and Anna Jay. But most importantly, in all of this stuff, you never have Shanna get the pin. You always get her to nearly get it through doing, I don't know, her finishing move, that tiger suplex. I think that's the best way I can describe it. To eventually lead to Hikaru Shida hitting her finishing move. I think it's the Shining Wizard to get the win. You always need to do that. The reason why is because it adds to what Shanna already and currently is. This incredibly undervalued player who's now finally getting exposure on television. Only to have it just ripped from her clutches by this champion Hikaru Shida. Who has had such an impeccable win-loss record within 2020 and 2021. Now, we continue on with this, where this all eventually leads to Hikaru Shida and Shanna losing a tag team match. I can't really specify who. I'm going to say Nyla Rose and uh, Awesome Kong, because she's still technically on the roster. So... Leave that as a train of thought. So, but more importantly, Shanna takes the fall. It's not Sheeda, it's Shanna. And in this sort of spat of frustration and rage, she ends up completely just exiting the ring. Just out of complete frustration. And we don't see her for a couple of weeks. In this time, we have... Hikaru Shida having these various singles matches, getting her over. Think of, I don't know, her build-up with Penelope Ford, where she had a five-second bloody squash match. Build her as an unstoppable champion. And during this time, you know, we've got all these other big stories going on. We've got uh, the Hangman Page story, the Kenny Omega stuff. JR is off commentary for a bit. We specifically have Excalibur, Taz... And of course, Tony Schiavone. More on that later. So we build on to this. Hikaru is still getting these consistent wins. And, you know, what's weird is Taz is commenting on a lot of Hikaru Shida's matches lately. You know, all incredibly conveniently after various Sting segments where he just walks in and out. And you see that he's taking incredible interest in her and Shanna. Particularly in their tag matches that they had up until, you know, Shanna suddenly bursting out of this thing. And we get to this point where, you know, he, Hikaru Shida has this great victory over such and such. And FTW is at ringside and Taz is on commentary. And they eventually head into the ring. 
And Taz, he starts cutting this promo, particularly talking about how he's been screwed over. Life has screwed him over. And they've screwed over this entire division, the entire AEW women's division. Because they all believe in all elite wrestling, when what they should be believing in is FTW. And the final thing that Taz says to Hikaru Shida is that Shida... FTW is all-inclusive. And just out of the crowd, a person dressed in FTW merch just assaults Hikaru Shida, just beating the living S-word out of her. But the last thing that they do to Shida is a tiger suplex. The person unmasks, and it's Shanna. Shanna joins Team Taz. Now, I know what you're thinking. Shanna joining Team Taz, that doesn't make any sense. That is, that doesn't make any sense with what Shanna is. Why on earth would you not put someone like Layla Hirsch in there? And why would this lead to something significant? First of all, we don't know if Layla Hirsch is going to be signed. Second of all, Shanna and Taz, believe it or not, have a lot more connections as, like, characters than meets the eye. Remember what I said earlier about Shanna being undervalued, underappreciated, and kind of underestimated? Shanna's character is all of those things. Does that remind you of a certain faction that wears the color orange to an insane degree? Yes. Ta- Team Taz, the group that has been screwed over by management in their own perspective are in the top five, but underappreciated, and in many circumstances, believe that because of this, they need to F the world. A philosophy that, after everything that Shan has been through, being on this exile due to COVID, coming back and being put on dark for multiple weeks, only having small amounts of fans, and Taz only really appreciating her work of you know, holding out a bridge and, you know, just take it off at the last second because you don't need to do that because they over-rotate from doing the suplex. That is the type of stuff that Taz notices because he believes that Shanna deserves better. Shanna lives and breathes FTW. So, we set it up at a big pay-per-view. I don't know what. We're going to say double or nothing because that sounds very appropriate for Shanna's career up to this point. It's Shanna versus Akaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship. You might be asking, why would Shida do this? Well, she essentially brought Shanna into this company. And now she wants revenge, threatening that she could take her out of this company. We build this up as a professional fight. Because that's what FTW prides itself as. A group that will beat the living S-word out of you. So, before we even get to the pay-per-view match, what I would do with this as well is you show FTW training. You show Team Taz training, particularly Taz training Shanna with Hook. And you put over, like Taz has done for every other member of Team Taz, the finishing move of Shanna and her suplex ability and how she's learned from the suplex machine. She has the best tiger suplex in the business. So much so that it knocks Hook out. It knocks out Hook specifically. Because you can't really do it to Brian Cage. You can't really do it to Will Hobbs. And Ricky Starks is too much of a valuable promo to do it. And plus if you do it, you put over the strength of Shanna's suplex. And how good it is. Because it is a very good looking suplex. Have you seen the bridge on that thing? So, the reason why I'm doing this, once again, I've realized I've said that a lot already, but I'm very excited about this, is that it makes a member of the roster feel special. Regardless of how you feel about other wrestlers in the AEW Women's Division, those who have been given video packages have felt like a million bucks. Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida, you know, to a degree, Britt Baker! They've all been given particular packages that have highlighted their strengths, even Jade Cargill to an extent. I'm not the biggest fan of Jade Cargill, but those promo packages 
have done a good job of establishing her as like nobody else on the roster. And that's what you can do with Team Taz and FTW by putting in this new sort of life into this faction. Adding in something that can essentially take over all of AEW and bring in the true philosophy of FTW. So, there are two ways that I think you can end this type of idea. You can shoot, like, AEW and give it a shot in the arm and have Shanna win the belt out of nowhere because of a grudge and fighting her way up. Or you can't have Hikaru Shida win. Because for me, the most important aspect of this is that not only do you raise the prestige of the AEW Women's Championship by having an actual big grudge feud, you also, with it, you establish a nemesis for Hikaru Shida. Because that's what she kind of lacks. She lacks a, like, definitive, like, villain, or heel, so to speak, who is the complete opposite and enemy of her. The best rivalries in pro wrestling are the ones where the, there's two clashes of ideals. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, uh, and various other things. Those are the first two off the top of my head. Please don't hate me. So, yeah, I think you could go either way with that. And for me, it establishes Shanna as a high-level main event threat. It expands Team Taz and gives it a greater reasoning and sort of greater spread of what FTW is for Team Taz. It kind of makes Team Taz an even more threatening force. Like, you've got a woman who can literally hit a suplex that can severely injure a male member of the roster, you know? And even... With it, maybe you can even push some intergender wrestling in there by showing that Shanna is willing to kick a guy's butt. <laughs> I love that idea. And I, the more I thought about it, the more I love the idea of her joining Team Taz. And I, I hope you guys enjoyed that. So, we should get on to the next idea because I really ran like a long time for that. So, <laughs> I'm going to give you another pitch where I'm going to try and keep her as a babyface. And I should tell you that we need to just really hope that we don't find Shanna in the lakes of Tijuana, Mexico. Oh, 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 it's Funderosa. Oh, 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 they have no connection. Yeah. It's time for Fonderosa Rage. Don't know what to do. I don't know what the rest of the lyrics are, but yeah. That might be your first answer. Connor, Shanna, and Fonderosa have had no interactions. How on earth would this feud work, and how on earth would it come about? Well, here's the thing. They technically have had an interaction. It's just Shanna was kind of a third party in it all. So if you guys take your minds back to... The week before beach break. What what was the match that Britt Baker was having? Oh, it was against famous Goku cosplayer Shanna. And I I feel that you can take that whole angle that ended the match with uh, Fonderosa attacking Britt Baker. And you can fuel that into a program with Shanna. Because guess what? Remember what Funderosa said a week after that when she was facing Layla Hirsch in the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament? It's that she has three goals. One, win the tournament and get the AEW Women's Championship. Two, reclaim the NWA Women's Championship from Serena Deeb. And three, beat up Britt Baker. Notice something what she might have overlooked. That's right, it's Shanna, the person who, once again, is being undervalued and thrown aside for people who aren't even in the company. That is a start of something that you can do. So I think after the tournament, you can have a match between Fonderosa and Shanna, present it like it's just another thing in Shanna's path toward, not Shanna, Jesus, another thing in the road for Fonderosa's path to the AEW Women's Championship. And Shanna specifically wants this match because 
once again, she's feeling overlooked, undervalued. You have this random person coming from another company take a main event spot away from someone who's been grinding in this company for over a year, has been away from this company, training her butt off just to come back, only to have it be taken away by Thunder Rosa. She wasn't even in the tournament. So you have this match, and more importantly, you have Shanna pick up a lucky roll-up win against Thunder Rosa, costing her a shot at the AEW Women's Championship because AEW still kind of values its rankings. It's very important that Shanna gets a lucky win here. You can't just have her get a straight, regular, clean pin over Thunder Rosa because now you've got an additional thing added to Thunder Rosa's list. Because now, Thunder Rosa is probably PO'd over the fact that frickin' Shanna, of all people, picked up a win over her. Shanna! And that's nothing against Shanna. But she hasn't been portrayed as the main event sort of women's wrestler in the AEW women's division. So I'm kind of treating it as kind of an upset. A shock win, so to speak. Because I don't think she's really had a big win on AEW Dynamite. Or Dark. It's all kind of been enhancement matches to enhance her record. So speaking of records, we move on from that. And the way that I kind of see this feud being isn't going to be this super overcomplicated feud. It's just going to be a set of singles matches. Just kind of prove who's the best. Because that's all you kind of need with Shanna at this point. You want to showcase her strengths, which for many people is that kind of smiling, happy, kind of baby face, you know, baby face pride that you see. And that's kind of the opposite of Fonderosa, who is literally just, I'm gonna beat you up. <laughs> I think that's a very fun dynamic you can play off of. The way that I think you could kind of challenge sort of Shanna as a character, especially with Fonderosa, is that I think Fonderosa could cut this promo specifically on Shanna, emphasizing how smiles don't win titles. Particularly because I think that's kind of Shanna's main quirk with her whole sort of character and gimmick at the moment is just entering, trying to be the best wrestler that you can be. And regardless of what happens, just coming back up and fighting. I think that's kind of a good dig at her to try and bring out that kind of more serious, ruthless Shanna that I think a lot of people would love to see. Particularly with the way that she now, like, incorporates more, like, Dragon Ball-related offense into her moveset. The whole, like, spirit bomb, jazz hands, uh, Shivani. <laughs> that type of thing. I'm never gonna try and do a Taz impression ever again. And you build. You build from it. You make Fonderosa just as imposing as before. You have her pick up a win in a ring match. And you have a match at one of AEW's random specials, not the pay-per-view, because, don't get me wrong, I feel like this would be amazing on pay-per-view. But I feel that with Shanna, this is all kind of a story to build up Shanna, not necessarily have her be going for the world title like I ambitiously predicted earlier. And you have this super great competitive match where they beat the living S-word out of each other. You have Fonderosa just, just, Jesus. Fonderosa. <laughs> Fonderosa just trying to will Shanna just hit her harder because her strikes aren't doing nothing. And then, you know, Shanna gets her hidden Senkai boost and then just hits back with more forearms, hits back with knee strikes and just spikes her on her head with a suplex. And, sh and Fonderosa kicks out a two and a half and all that fun stuff, you know? Have a good, long, competitive, drawn-out women's match. Because we've seen that it could work. We've seen it with Serena Deeb and Riho. We've seen it with arguably Hikaru Shida and Penelope Ford. AEW has a lot of really good pieces. You just haven't got the chessboard. You just gotta put them all there. <laughs> You've got great workers. Some who are a little bit more green than others, but they've all got potential. You just need to set them all in the right place. That's kind of what I'm hoping for with this. Put over Shanna as one of your great workers in the division. 
And also with it, keep Thunder Rosa busy. And hell, you can have Thunder Rosa win the feud and Shanna still kind of gets over. Because guess what? She beat Thunder Rosa in the first place. And she showed a more aggressive side. And if you want, you can build to an eventual AEW women's title match down the line. I think you could do a lot with that, particularly with the NWA relationship that you've got. It doesn't hurt Thunder Rosa to lose a single match to Shanna. And it doesn't really hurt Shanna to lose like a couple matches to Thunder Rosa if you have this great competitive match. Because that's what AEW's women's division needs. It needs more time and it needs to get over and establish characters for people to invest in. And more so with the time part. Because there are characters that I like. I just don't think there's stuff added. You, you all know the deal with the AEW women's division. I won't go over it more because I did enough with that in Hikarashida's one. So we're going to move on from this. And... We're gonna see what Shanna can do when she's not facing an Ozaru, she's facing a native beast. Bow to the beast, bow to the beast, bow to the beast. It's an underrated theme song, it's Nyla Rose! I know what you're thinking, they've already had a feud. And if you're like me, you already saw it. They had a feud in which it was all about tables. Tables. And they got thrown through tables. It was all about showing that Nyla Rose is exactly what her nickname alludes to, a native beast. So, guess what we're going to do? We're going to play with that native beast concept. So, yes, Shannon's recently returned. She's had... No contact with Nyla Rose since her return. So, we're going to have them have a match. And Nyla Rose wins. Pretty decisively. I know, very disappointing start. But, the most important detail that you get out of this match and this idea is that she tried to go for a finish. That sort of tiger suplex that she does, but she just couldn't quite get it over. And so, we build to more weeks of Shanna just having these matches, and she's winning. But on commentary, they constantly emphasize that Nyla Rose has been one-upping her for every single match of her AEW career. And we have these sort of build-ups to an eventual rematch between the two. And we get this video package of both of them training, particularly Shanna, just training with her like tiger suplex and in many people's cases arguably getting a zenkai boost so if you don't know what a zenkai boost is and you're wondering what the heckins is a zenkai boost basically in dragon ball z there are these group of aliens called the saiyans who whenever they're knocked down they always come back up and they're stronger that's the way that i can summarize it so what i'm thinking is for this story you begin to incorporate that's Zenkai boost with Shanna. Make her feel special. So in the next match, she faces Nyla Rose and she goes for it again. She gets a little bit closer. She just gets a little bit off the air. But, but Shanna is still unable to hit it. Nyla Rose hits the beast bomb. One, two, three. Doesn't quite work for her. We go back to training. She's frustrated. But yet, she's getting a little bit better each and every time. And... We, we see, like, she gets a squash match on Dark where she just goes for the suplex and just knocks out the person. She doesn't pin them. She knocks them out and then gets on the microphone and just says, Nyla, I am going to suplex you over my head. That's it. You don't need to do much with the promo. Shanna is kind of an untested promo. I think that you could do... Just short and simple, that's all you need. You build to an eventual third match between them where you have Nyla Rose versus Shanna. It's easily the most competitive singles match that they've had. And you know what happens? Shanna actually hits the suplex and she wins. It's a very short and simple story because I think that's all you kind of need with it. You know... 
let Shanna get a big win over an established star in the company who they've really put a lot of stock into. Like they paired Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero for a reason. They clearly do value her as an important part of the company. Like she's probably the big woman of their division. Emphasizing just kind of Shanna's like unwillingness to give up is a great trait for a babyface that isn't really expressed much with, like, the AEW women's division. Like, there isn't that sort of go-to underdog babyface apart from Riho that you have on that roster, and she's only just came back. I think you can do the same thing with Shanna. She embodies the whole idea of being a Dragon Ball character. As we've already talked about, she's constantly wearing Dragon Ball clothes in her entrance. Her merchandise is a Dragon Ball. Emphasize, like, her love of this show. Or just emphasize, like, how wh- how and why she incorporates these things into her wrestling. Because for those who are fans of the show, it's something that a lot of people can identify with. You know, there's a reason why there's so many people who got inspired to train and get stronger through Dragon Ball. And I think Shanna may be no exception to it. And I think that's a very cool thing that you can mention in there. Is that, you know, no matter how weak people think you are. If you train hard enough, you can do anything. And I think that's the story through line of it all. That you can kind of have with Shanna. Like, she's getting constantly beaten down by Nyla Rose. The feud before, she was put through table after table. And then... After all of it, she finally gets a big win. She kept on getting better. She kept on striving to be the best. And she finally overcame her native beast. Her own personal Ozaru. And I love that idea so much. Because you know what? Nyla doesn't lose anything. She's, as we've already talked about, the big woman in the division. So she's always going to be an imposing threat. But for people like Shanna, that's a big win that you can add to a kind of win column and really start to set her up for other big potential feuds. And, you know, as we've seen with it, you don't need to constantly have, like, win after win after win. It helps for certain characters. But for someone like Shanna, all you need is that big baby face moment. And I know what you're thinking. Maybe that's a bad idea because of the way that other companies portray this type of stuff. But I think with someone like Shanna, it could really work particularly because of the way that AEW is. The way that the rankings are heavily emphasized. The way that the fact that AEW wrestlers don't get given as much TV time on AEW Dynamite. So she has to constantly fight not only to get a higher record just so that she can beat Nyla Rose, but to even just to get on television. That's a story that anyone can identify with. Just someone who's been so undermined and undervalued working their butt off to just get even a lick of a chance. And seeing someone just knock it out of the park. That's what I like about this. So I think we should move on to my final main pitch. And I'm hoping that this will make, well, it will make an impact. I don't know her theme song, so I'm, I'm not going to humiliate myself again. But I do know that I want Shanna to face Diana Perrazzo. So, yes, we're going to use that forbidden door, finally, because <laughs> we have it. So let's use it. Because we've already seen Private Party go over. We've already seen Finjuice go over. How good would it be if we got some of the AEW women's talent on Impact Wrestling? Probably the second best women's promotion in the States. I almost said in the world, but it isn't really because Japan exists. So, yes! Put them in there, because we've seen what it's done for Private Party. It's made Private Party look like a much bigger deal than they were just working AEW. If you put Shanna in there, who, in kind of her own narrative, has had matches on Impact before, you can go back and watch them. They're on YouTube. Have the story of her 
returning to Impact, finally as this, I wouldn't say like pro-AEW, but someone who's now an established star, who's worked all around the world, who came to Impact, to make an impact. Because she's from AEW. You see what I did there? And you have her have a bunch of competitive fun matches against Diana Perazzo. Why? Is there any real story to it? No, I just think that'll be a very good match. I'm not gonna lie, that that's the whole reason Diana Perazzo is here. It's not even gonna be for the title. I, I just want the match. Like Diana Perazzo has done such a great job in Impact Wrestling, like re-establishing herself from where she was back down in NXT. So I think she's done an amazing job there. You can kind of play off some old like interview stories of Diana Perazzo, like initially planning to go to AEW, but not really going to AEW because she lacked the confidence. So she ended up going to Impact Wrestling and now runs that division. You can do that against Shanna, who even tried to get into Impact Wrestling, but didn't quite work out. So she kept wrestling on the indies and nearly gave up to, you know, eventually get signed by AEW. I think that's a very fun dynamic you can play with, like the whole what-if scenarios. They could have had this match a year ago, but it didn't happen. Hell, Shanna may have not even been a wrestler anymore. You know, I think that's a very fun competitive match that you can do that, you know what? You don't need to have Shanna win, but just have her on there to kind of establish her as a much bigger deal than she is currently right now. Because that's what the whole exchange of talent should be. I don't think it should just be the men's division. Because that's kind of all we've really seen from the Impact relationship. I I want to see some Impact, like, women's wrestlers appear on AEW. And vice versa. Like, why not have Diana Perazzo invade and take on Hikaru Shida? Or take on Shanna as a build-up to that? Have a Champions versus Champions match. Not for the titles. But as, like, just sort of that. Ah! We've got so much stuff to do with the Forbidden Door. And I want more stuff. I want to see, like, the women have more widespread things. You know, get given chance to have character stuff on Impact. Because, you know, the one thing that you can say about Impact is that they give their women's wrestlers a lot of character moments and personalities. They have a women's tag team championships that you can have people like Shanna go and challenge for. There's, there's a lot of fun stuff with that. Hell, have Shanna with, I don't know, uh, someone, I'm thinking, um, Yuka Sakazaki. Yes, Yuka Sakazaki, your favorite tag team. Against Diana Perazzo and uh, Sue Young? Is, is that who Diana Perazzo's with? My knowledge of Impact is very limited, I'll admit that. So, if I butchered it, I'm sorry. But yeah, do do those things, you know, really get over this whole thing of like Impact kind of being this hotbed for this weird inter-promotional crossover that we've been having lately with AEW, Impact, NWA, New Japan now. I think that's a lot of very cool things you can do with it. And with Shanna, it makes her seem just as important if she's like the first woman to do it. And then right off the bat, try and wrestle the champion, that is Diana Perrazzo. Not only would it be a very fun, competitive match, you also emphasize the strengths of Shanna that we've talked about, and it's the fact that she is really good at wrestling. <laughs> that should be the thing when you're going to a company that involves wrestling. <laughs> That's very important. Don't, don't get it confused. <laughs> so, yes. That's kind of the main takeaway with it. I just want some very fun, creative matches. And I think potting people like Shanna in there, you can make AEW's women, particularly in this case for this discussion, Shanna, go from being underutilized and arguably overlooked to being some of the most interesting characters on your roster. And quite frankly... I think that you can get Shanna over with more than just a magical wish of the Dragon Balls. So, for me personally, I'm I'm just gonna pray to Shenron that something like this can elevate Shanna to the next level.
think I, I managed to raise my power level just high enough to get those four pitches out. So that's the end of all my serious pitches. So let's get to the weird one by ending on a good old bit of fantasy fumble. Now, once again, if this is your first time listening to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast and you've never heard of what fantasy fumble is, it is basically my most random idea that I come up with that it's just, it's just odd. It's, it's all completely improvised over a bit of random music, hopefully to make a very convincing storyline. So without further ado, Fantasy Fumble will begin in three, two, one, fumble. Let the dumpster fire begin! Okay, uh, Shanna, she's, she, she loves video games. That, that is the thing that she loves. She, she's talked about in interviews that she just loves playing League of Legends. And she was planning to play with Brian Pillman, one half of the Varsity Blondes. So we're going to go from there. So basically, Shanna, she's playing a video game in the middle of a Being the Elite segment. She's casually just playing it, you know, doing her best. She's playing against the librarian, Lever Bates. And of course, she's winning. She's crushing it. She's team. She's up against Lever Bates' team. But then, what happens? There's a TPK. Yes, I used a D&D reference. Because it's Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman is on the enemy team and just destroys Shanna. It's in the middle of matches now over time. She has wins over various wrestlers. But she's constantly reminded of her loss to Brian Pillman in a incredible game of League of Legends. So she challenges Brian, who constantly refuses, saying that he has a match next. Each and every single time, he says he has a match next and refuses to challenge Shanna in a game of League of Legends. So what happens? We get Shanna going to each and every gamer in the whole elite wrestling group, including Miro, Kip Sabian, playing video games with them, defeating them, calling out Brian Pillman for why he won't play League of Legends with Shanna. Do you have an issue with Shanna, Brian? Tell us, Brian! But Brian doesn't have an issue, just he's focused on his singles career. Sorry, not his singles career, his tag team career with Griff Garrison. He's too busy on the vlogs. He's too busy trying to showcase his own League of Legends skills. But Shanna, through the power of collecting all of the Dragon Balls and training of her very own Krillin, Kip Sabian, who we've seen constantly lose to Lever Bates on being the elite, have training montages, getting better at the game, learning how to use her specific character. I don't know what her main is for League of Legends. Don't judge me. So we continue on until we finally build to the match, the League of Legends match, where they each assemble their teams. Brian Pillman has Lever Bates, has Miro, has Orange Cassidy. Yes, Orange Cassidy. And then on the other side, we have Shanna, we have Kip Sabian, we have, uh, who, who else plays the video? Cody! Cody plays a lot of Link to the Past. He's the new guy who's trying to learn how to play League of Legends. So it's free on free. Yes, they probably also have other online players, but we'll forget about that. And they're having their matches. They're doing it. They're winning. They're having their match. And through it all, we see Brian Pillman near the pink of victory before, out of nowhere, Shanna drops her controller and knee strikes Brian Pillman Jr. knocking him out and proclaiming her victory by knocking out Brian Pillman both in the game and in real life. And so we build to it, the eventual climax. Brian Pillman Jr. still knocked out from the knee. Shanna still being an epic gamer and doing everything that she can to win until, against all odds, Team Shanna wins. She proves that she is the best, that she can do anything. She is the true alpha gamer of the League of Legends AEW division. 
and against all odds, she has proven that she is the best. She didn't need no power levels. She didn't need the Dragon Balls. She just needed to know everything. Because at the end of the day, Shanna knows best. No! The streak is over! I, I generally had a couple good runs where they weren't bad. <laughs> this, what the hell happened? Shanna! Shanna went from just casually wanting to play a game to just all of a sudden knee-striking Brian Pillman! <laughs> no! Damn it! No! Maybe... Maybe next time I'll, I'll get a better storyline that I can make up on the spot. Hopefully. We, we can all pray. Hopefully. If you stuck around for this long. And if you have, why why not, you know, spread the word of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast? What why not tell your friends? Why not tell your friends? And Jesus, why not tell your friends? Why not tell your friendliest friends that you can listen to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast and all your favorite podcasting platforms? And that you can follow me on Twitter at Connor the Cooper. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction. <laughs> and hopefully by the next episode, I will have a much more well-produced, well-thought-out fantasy fumble. So I'm going to end it here. I hope all of you had a lovely day. I generally had a really fun one making this stuff for Shanna. I think the Team Taz one was probably my favorite. So yeah, that's kind of it. So... I hope all of you have a lovely day. I hope all of you continue to have a fantastic evening, or wherever you're from. And remember everybody, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night everybody. 